Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Kelly's back with us today, and she's got more good word for us. So get your Bible and get ready. We're going to have some good things today. Welcome, Kelly. Thank, Thank you, you for mother. coming. I'm so glad to be here, and I really have a sense that today... I have that we're going to bring some encouragement oh, to good. people. And, that sounds good. Uh, you know, it's so funny in the Word. It says, um, you know, in the Word he's talking about, um, I have to remember where it is, but he's talking about, you know, don't forget how in, this encouragement and, and this great Word that you received and you were encouraged and all that. And then all of a sudden it, it goes to correction. Don't forget the correction. Like, that's the great word. That's well, a great word. This this makes me think of this. Okay, so we were at Disneyland last month, and Emily got this pretty neat bubble blower. Like, it shoots these colorful bubbles up in the air, and she was walking out of the park, of course, at closing time, just holding this bubble, blowing bubbles everywhere. So she's five years old, and this little boy that was probably not much older than her, maybe two years older than her, goes, seriously, that's your big plan? You're going to end the night with bubbles? Bubbles? Seriously? <laughs> we laugh so hard. <laughs> and sometimes that, that makes me think of that scripture. Seriously, your encouragement is correction? That doesn't make sense <laughs> to our mind because we're so trained to not like to be corrected, but correction is so wonderful. Yes, it is. And so blessed and so sweet that I believe if people will understand today what correction is about, what it's for and how it comes, He is so gracious in His correction of us. He's so sweet and precious in His presence. When you come to Him, that correction is not harsh. In fact, you may think you need to be corrected with a, you know, a smack on the head. I mean, or a <laughs> big some something hits you that that devastates you. I mean, that's the way people think about correction. But he's just gonna give you some. It might just be a simple thing you need to change. Correction keeps us in the blessing. It does. It's so important. It's what allows us to run free in the things of God. You know. And um, so while we're going to talk about correction, it's don't let that turn you off. It's such a beautiful, wonderful thing because it gets you prepared for what God really has for you. And um, so we were reading, we stopped reading in 2 Corinthians. So let's go back there and uh, we'll just talk about these things and going to encourage you to come to Jesus today. And, (laughs) you know, I think why people don't like that correction is because Parents called when they're going to correct their kids in the living room. They call it a come to Jesus meeting. Well, that's not right. <laughs> and then they're like, you don't need to do this. You know? So we as parents need to represent well, actually, Jesus well, I believe, in our correction. Correction. But it is a wonderful you. thing. Now think about it. Correction enables you to, to continue in the blessing. On the right course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're on the right course, you'll be blessed. Mm-hmm. If you're not on the right course, the blessing doesn't work for you. And that's what I mean, some the things Lord might wants happen, for you. But, but it's the Lord's will for us to be blessed coming in and going out. We can't be blessed unless we obey. Why is that? Because He tells us in the Word what to do to be blessed. And if we don't do that, then we've shut the door. And that's 
a sad, sad thing yeah. to shut the door on what he has for us because he has for us things beyond our imagination. And you know, really, Jesus loved us just as much before we got born again as he does after we're born again, before we were corrected as he does That's right. after we're corrected. He corrects us to get us into the blessing path. Because he loves us. That's just the way, I mean, that's plain. So that's what I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to walk in his direction, his correction, so that I'm blessed. I've been cursed and I've been blessed. I've been under the blessing and under the curse. And, and the blessing is so blessing is wonderful. Infinitely more wonderful. Oh my, it's like, it's like, it's like life and death and mm -hmm. it really is. I mean, it really is. So anyway, that's my little contri contribution, contribution today. Well, it's a good one. But and it's true. It is true. And his, his, he's just so loving. So this, the last broadcast I did with you, we talked a lot about some of the things that the Lord had been doing in me. But, you know, I like to say he's shown this flashlight in my soul. He was like, yeah, take care of that. Take care of that. Let's do this. Let's move this over here. And I mean, he just sort of rearranged all of my thinking and did what, you know, Psalm 23 says, restores your soul. But you have to get before him. Yeah. The Bible says, be still and know that he is God. Right. And, we're, you know, I have that in my notes to talk about later on in the week, maybe next week. But. You have to get. You have to allow sure. them. He will not barge his way in to do that. So that's what we're here to do: is encourage you to allow him that place and that space and time to just and that ability that. And it takes humility on our part. That's where the say, word talks about humility. That's what it's talking about. It takes humility on our part to humble ourselves under his mighty hand. Yeah, you could say. There is a law of blessing and there is a law of curse. The law of blessing manifests when you do things God's way. The law of the curse manifests when you do things Satan's way. Mm -hmm. when you, the law of God manifests when you're obedient. The law of Satan manifests when you're disobedient. And, and everybody has a choice. Mm -hmm. I'm, I like I've lived both ways. I like God's way better. I, I like too. the blessing. Oh, the curse is a horrible thing. Poverty, sickness, no joy, unhappiness. No, that's not for me. You know, I've been reading this Smith Wigglesworth. I'll probably read it for the next two weeks, but faith that prevails. And I don't even think you should write us and ask us to I'll order it because I don't even know where you can well, get Well, I them, want one. Maybe we'll have some by the time these come on, but... He, he said, there's no other way into the things of God other than the way that he prescribed. That's right. He's the one in charge. He's, He's right. the one giving it to us. He's the one who's right. So He's the way the he wisdom. says is the way to have those things mm -hmm. is the way you have to process through it. And it's right. the best way for us. So Amen. in 2 Corinthians, we'll there's read not this a again. close second. No. And there's no alternative back door. No. Um, but it says... Um, God is our, this is 2 Corinthians 1, 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Mm -hmm. You need comfort today, you've come to the right place. He is the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. 
when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. This is supposed to be passed on. That's right. <laughs> We're supposed to be living this in front of people. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us, mm -hmm. rain on us Praise with God. His comfort. Oh, I like Christ. that. You need comfort today. He is here to rain on you today. Not rain on your parade, but rain comfort on you. Bless you. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things that we've suffered. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort that God gives us. And he goes on to tell them about the things that they've been going through. But he says, um, in fact, he says in verse 9, we expected to die. <laughs> it must have been bad. Wow. <laughs> but as a result, we stopped. Listen to this. This is so key. As a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. The New Living says we expected to die, mm -hmm. but as it, but as a result, we learned not to rely on ourselves, but on God who can raise the dead. In other words, who can do anything. He can do anything. And so in those pressing times, you realize you can't rely on yourself. You have nothing to offer. That's right. You can't do anything about it. You can't. Except but believe God. You learn then to rely on God who raises the dead. You know, Mom, people have made fun of us. I don't know if you know this. Oh, no. Hey, <laughs> tell me if they didn't. People have made fun of us for, you know, believing for socks or cars or whatever. Airplanes, stuff, land, airplanes. houses. And, you know, in the ski, I mean, all of these things that y'all believe for the airplanes and stuff, they preach the gospel. They're very important right. to people's lives. But... In the scheme of things, you know, which car I drive is not important, maybe in the whole scheme of life, in the happiness of my life or what house I live in. Um, but those things are what you practice on. You practice receiving from God the things that he's promised sure. you. Mm -hmm. You practice in those things that are not life and death. But when it's life and death, and the same procedure. Yeah. I heard a guy say one time, I, I know I'm getting off track from the where I was going, but maybe it, I believe somebody needs to hear this. I heard a guy say on TV that they felt like it was wrong to ask the Lord for money or to believe God for your finances or to uh, ask the Lord for his blessing on money. They felt like that was not being humble. And, and I appreciate their heart to just want to stay humble before the Lord, okay? Mm -hmm. but, um, but if you think about it, he, what he said was, I can do that by myself. What you think about it is he's actually wanting to be humble, but he's being prideful mm -hmm. to say, I don't need God in that area. And that's really the crux of the problems that are plaguing the United States and every country around the world. They've thought so long that they could do things by themselves and they don't need God in this area or this area. But then when they hit the wall yeah. and they turn around and look at their life, they don't have God in any area. God is my father. He's my father. The word says in all your ways, acknowledge him. Have you ever at any time in your life felt like, oh, I don't need dad anymore. No. I didn't think so. 
<laughs> I didn't think so. He is an ever-present help, and you are an ever-present help when you need one too. I think we trouble. all call you on and say, give me the word on such and such. But, um, but when you live your life thinking, well, I don't need God for this. I just need him for this. Then when something happens yeah, and you right. can't handle it on your own, you're, you're not versed or practiced at turning to God. You'll fail other than the grace of God or somebody surrounding you and scooping you up and walking you through that. Right. If you haven't been walking in the wisdom of God before trouble comes, it's going to be difficult. It can be done, but it's going to be difficult to walk in the wisdom of God and in the Word and on the Word and obedient to the Word. After you get hit, it'd be much easier just to live that way and keep things from coming in on you, keep and, trouble out. And somebody might say, well, but that's like earning it, you know, that you have to do this for God to move. Well, you don't have to do this for God to move. To but the Bible talks about um, that these things that we do and the ways that we live hurt our subconscious. They hurt our consciousness and it makes our faith shipwreck. Well, you know, when you're, when you don't receive from God in a, as a practice, like when Lindsay was sick, yeah. and I want to hear what you were going to say, but let me just say real quick, when Lindsay was sick and there's nothing the doctor could do, yeah, there's nothing right. her mother could do. I could be mad. I could rail. I could get, I could scream at the doctor. I could, you know, cry. It's not, wasn't going to help her when she was in 1995, when she was deathly death. ill, yes, that's right. that wasn't going to help her. Only God could do it. Yet, in my mind, I sat there and listened to that doctor telling me the prognosis, and it was not good. It was death. And I just thought, I looked at him and I thought, God gave me a bicycle. He gave me a car. He's always supplied my yes. needs. He's always That's given me all jelly. these dumb little, not dumb, but just things. unimportant things yeah. in the skin of life. Why would he not give me my daughter? And it just didn't occur to me to think he wouldn't because he's lived in my life in that place. That's right. That well, make you forget what you were going to yep. say. Go ahead. <laughs> I just, it's so important that we live our life like this because he is the comforter in all of our troubles. It says, um, I'm going to read this again in verse nine. As a result of their troubles, he says, we stopped relying on ourselves and we learned to rely on God who raises the dead. He said, in fact, I'm going to connect that for us here. He said, hey, it was so bad we expected to die. In yeah. other words, that seemed inevitable. But he just thought, well, hey, we rely on God. I guess he said to his partner, he said, hey, if I die, raise me from the dead. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so they had expectations of greater things. It says he did rescue us from mortal danger. You know, usually the answers are not as drastic as we, <laughs> as we think they are. God can help us. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. And he said, you're helping us by praying for us. Now I want to move over um, just as I'm going to skip along here and um, point out some other things to you. He's He's telling them some things. He's telling them some truth. He said um, in verse in verse um, 22, he tells them that the Holy Spirit has been placed in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees us everything that God has for us. And he says um, he didn't. He's about here to 
give them a severe rebuke. <laughs> but I wanted he's trying to, to help them. He's trying to help them. But he says, that does not mean we want to dominate you by telling you how to put your faith into practice. I think sometimes when we preach these things, Mom, it comes across as people as, as we're judging them or you know, we preach these things from the Word, and the Word says act this way and this way and this way. It's not that we care how you act. You know, I love you. I, like God, love you or anybody, no matter what they do, no matter how you act. But God wants you to have victory. That's right. And His Word's filled with how to have victory. So He says, we don't want to dominate you or tell you how to put your faith into practice. But we want to work together with you so you'll be full of joy. That's what these weeks there's are about. A, there's blessing and there's curse. Now, if you don't, if you don't get in the blessing, the curse is out there. Yeah. It's out there anyway. But if you're in the blessing, then you, you, you get out from under the curse. So it's not like God c puts curses on you. That's just the way it is. They're there. The curse is there. And the only way out of that curse... <laughs> is to do what God says, to talk like God says, to think, to believe, to act like He says. That causes the, that opens the door to the blessing to you. And uh, so it's not that He's trying to tell you what to do because He wants to be your boss, but He wants to tell you well, how to live to get in the blessing and out from under the curse. And I love it that He loves us so much. See, well, we have to really understand freedom. It's, it, I think we've lost sight in these days of what freedom is. Freedom is not someone doing great things for you um, regardless of what you do. Freedom is not someone making your decisions for you that they think will work better for you. Freedom is learning those things or God telling us those things, but freedom is our ability to choose those for ourselves. That's right. Because in the end, this verse is true. It says it is by your you own faith. Cursed that you will stand firm. Right. Not going to be us standing firm for you. Not going to be even God's. He's done what He needs to do. But we have to receive those things and receive His His bigness, His presence in our life to lead us along these things. It's so uh, plain in Deuteronomy 28 where God gave them, originally gave them the blessing and the curse. And he lists it and tells you. And he said, if you'll do these things, here's the blessing. If you'll do these things, you'll be blessed. And then there's the curse that includes, that's all good. Everything good's over here, over here, every, under the curse, everything bad. And God said, now, you can be, you can do these things and be, you'll be cursed. Well, of course, people, you know, it's hard to keep the law. Those mm -hmm. were laws. But then Jesus came. And he, bro he broke the power of the curse over us by being made a curse. The curse of the law of sin and death like the, uh, the uh, Old Testament people were under. Jesus came and he took that curse. Isn't that awesome? He took it. He was made a curse for us that we might receive the, the blessing of the Lord, that the blessing might come on us. Now that's just written in black and white. That's not yeah. something I dreamed up. That's just the way it is. And that's why it's so awesome to come to the idea and the determination and the decision, I'm going to be a word person. Before we, we made that decision and we found out the word and how to live in it, we were in poverty. We didn't know any better than to be sick. 
we had an old car and an old house and we, you know, it's just, it was just the pits, the curse. But when we got born again and got filled with the spirit and we began to learn and be taught the word of God on how to live, how to obey the blessing to keep the curse off, everything, everything changed. changed. And all these years we've been blessed and it'll work for you. God's no respecter of persons. And, and this, it describes it here in Second um, Corinthians 3.16, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Yeah. When you comes. turn to Him, you begin to see. Um, you know, the blinders are taken away and you begin to That's see, right. oh. And, and you know what? I want to tell you something. That never stops. That never stops. That turning to Him and the veil taking it away. You go from glory to glory, revelation to revelation, understanding to understanding. Um, and it says, wherever the Spirit of the Lord there is, is there is freedom. Yes. So all of us who've had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. See, when you change, it begins to show. And the, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into his glorious image. Now, glory to glory. we're going to come back to that verse, chapter 4, as we go on. But in the next day, and whoever, however long the Lord wants to take to do it, we're going to camp and we're going to go to scriptures about turning to the Lord. Because we're going we're gonna to find the, we're going to help you, encourage you to Turn to the Lord. It says, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That's right. So, Mom, in the next, at least tomorrow, we're going to turn to the Lord. You're going to go back into that scripture? Well, we'll, now we'll leave this scripture. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there He gives is freedom. freedom. And, you know, at my age, can I, should I tell yes. them? Your age? I'm 52 years old. Oh, they're not going to believe that. Yes, I am. I'm 52 years old. And... How old does that still, make me? Uh-huh. Huh? Just, oh, you were <laughs> Your such mother. a baby. They adopted me. <laughs> no, not really. But I'm still becoming free. Yes, I You know, am. you think, oh, man, I'm free. And then you realize, no, I thought I was free. Now I'm free. This never... You we keep are, growing. We keep growing. We That's keep right. growing and we keep changing and then, into And on the other side, image. if you're on the other side and still under the curse, you keep growing the wrong way. And that's not good. No. Uh -uh. See, there's the blessing and the curse. Jesus is the answer. He's the only way out from under the curse. The curse came when Adam fell. But we make Jesus the Lord of our lives. The blessing comes on us, and it's just uphill from there on. Glory to God. Up to the heavens. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Be sure to get the notes at kcm.org notes. And remember, Jesus is Lord.